Hey, this is Kevin Reagan. I don't want to tell you not to listen to this podcast, but before you start it, just know the video version of this podcast is available on YouTube. And since this podcast is about magic, if you'd like to see some magic tricks done during the podcast, you need to actually watch and not listen. You can go to YouTube and type in the Punch Up Podcast and enjoy the magic of Fred Siegel. There is a Fred that you don't know. I often wonder what would have happened, how things could have been different. There were a couple of times in my life where I made choices. So I, I made this choice to go to Adelphi, you know, right. uh, uh, rather than trying to be an actor. When I was about to start at NYU, an ad appeared in the local magic, not local magic magazine. There were no local ones. It's not like every community has a magic magazine. But in a magic magazine, they're opening a place in Las Vegas called Caesar's Magical Empire. And one of the things they want to do at Caesar's Magical Empire is hire singing magicians. Oh my God. Oh wow. Oh my God. I, I think about that and I think, you know, parallel world, uh, uh, Fred would have gone out to Vegas and, and it would have been a very different, I might've been a huge failure, but, but yeah. uh, uh, at least I wouldn't be thinking about it. Oh, have I brought you all down? No, no. I'm just, no. I'm just we're all thinking about the things that we've done that we regret, or things that I we've have, passed have, up that we regret. I have very limited um, science know-how, but I'm trying to think of how we could clone you. Ian Science Corner doesn't uh, have this figured out. Well, there, there's a two chromosomes I haven't cracked. I keep, I keep making lizards. Hey, this is Steve of the Punch Up Podcast. With me on this episode are Ian O'Shea. Hey, Steve. Jesse Preisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. And our storyteller is Fred Siegel. Oh, ho, ho, ho. thank you, Steve. Thank you for inviting me once again. Fred, uh, thank you for being here, buddy. Um, it's always a tremendous pleasure. So this story is called How to Eat Fire. Nice. Oh, yeah. How to Eat Fire. Uh, this, uh, Great begins, title. It begins in. in seventh grade. Uh, I am in seventh grade, and I'm younger than most of the other kids in seventh grade. Jesse, how old is a kid in seventh grade? Uh, Twelve. Twelve. Now, my birthday isn't until December 30th, so I don't turn 12 until December. So you're 11 when the year starts. I'm 11 yeah. when the so that's, that's about the year. Uh, this, uh, all this stuff happened between seventh and eighth grade. You know, people like me, you know, you go home and you have a routine. You come home after school and uh, you get yourself, uh, well, a, a snack cake of one kind or another. Uh, now, it, I, I was born in New York. We had a, a whole different uh, world. Of the tasty cakes. Were you part of the of French royalty or? No, no. No, I know he's talking whether he's going to eat Enemans versus uh, Tasty Cake or Hostess. In, in Philadelphia, okay. so Tasty Cake. Part of the Northeast Royal line? I'm sorry. You, had, you, had, you just had choices of cakes when you got home? In the Poconos, I ate Ringdings and I had a Fresca. Yeah. Every single day when I got home, I had a ring ding. A Who does ring, ring ding? Who does? That, you were on the West Coast, right? You, Ian? I, I was, but I mean, okay. I had, on, on the e, on the West Coast, you had the ding dong. But the ding dong, on the on the East Coast, was called 
the big wheel, and then it became the King Don. You don't King. think I know that? It I don't think you know that. No. I don't think you know that. I, it wasn't in my house. Yeah. Ian ate carob. We've talked about this. Yeah, he didn't, just, yeah. yeah. He did not have ring dings or any of that, no. <laughs> well, uh, I, uh, I, for obvious thing, even now, uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, we ate less. I never. But, but there were certain things, you know, you had to eat these things yeah. when you were watching the cartoons. What, what was the cartoon of choice? Oh, 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 there was quite a lineup. Uh, first Why of all, leave the, the house? Why the, the non-cartoon things. I can't hear Ian for one reason or another. Because your ears have evolved and we all <laughs> hope to get there one day. He's so high pitched. <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, you have the live action stuff. You get to watch the little rascals. Okay. You get to watch some Stooges once in a while. You get to watch Ultraman. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved Ultraman. The best. Ultraman. Yes. Oh, I'm uh, surprised. This was... Did he have a thing like, on his chest? Like a... uh, oh, that's Iron Man. That's Iron, yeah. That's Iron Man. He had a, there was a... Oh, it is? Yeah, he, he said Hayata, and it would summon Ultraman somehow. The other pieces. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as cartoons went, we had Wee Willie Weber's Colorful Cartoon Club which yep. several hours of cartoons. Wow. Uh, a lot of Warner Brothers, but also Harvey Toons and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, where this story begins is on an episode of Sally Star. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Popeye Theater. Sally Star was a cow lady. A cow girl? A cow lady. Cow girl. Yeah. She was a cow girl, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But cow she, woman. Uh, yeah. You yeah, but you're not going to call her a cow woman, so... <laughs> right, right. Oh. Uh, so, and she showed Popeye cartoons, and uh, she she ended each show by uh, saying, love, luck, and lollipops, Mwah! and I loved that when she would kiss me. Uh, also, another feature of her show is that once a week, I think, uh, somebody, a teenage magician from Cantor's Magic Shop would appear on the show. Now, Cantor's Magic Shop is the fancy magic shop in Philadelphia. Okay. Philadelphia. The, the demonstrators at Cantor's Magic Shop would wear jackets. Mm. And everything cost a dollar or two more. At well, only a young fancy boy who raced home to snack cakes would know that. Well, I eventually know that. I, I was never a big Cantor's guy. This was a magician group. We would talk about this for hours. Uh, you know what? Let's what, do what it. We went sure. To. It doesn't mean anything. We're not allowed, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I bought all my magic tricks from Johnson. I got a catalog. Johnson Smith. Johnson Smith, and I would save up my allowance, and I would buy magic tricks from them, and that—that's where I learned all my magic. Because I wasn't, because in the Poconos we didn't go to Philly to buy magic tricks because that was too fancy. Jesse's magic corner. <laughs> Jesse can do the cups and balls, buddy. I can do a lot of. Things. You can't say that anymore, Fred. <laughs> yeah, we we can. We, we can, because it really is cups and, and balls. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, so anyway, there's Sally Starr, and she introduces this young magician, a kid I never saw. But he has props that send me, and not, not props, uh, a prop, like equipment, magic equipment. Right. That made me jealous. He had a metamorpho spots. 
people, a metamorphosis. But he had my holy grail of magic tricks, the, uh, the crystal silk cylinder, uh, where you would have a, a, a clear Damn. plastic tube or crystal, a clear crystal uh, like this. Yes, watch the gesture. And, and then he would put three hankies in there. And then he would cover it with this dragon cylinder, a yellow cylinder with a red dragon on it. You're 11 years old, Fred, at this point? Yes, 11, yeah. So you, you're just about to become a man, and this is really doing it for you, all this magic. Yes, it goes on. And it's, a lot yeah. of friction. Understood. And then you pull the cover off, and in there was fruit. It was three oranges or apples and, and whatever. And, uh, uh, man, that was a hell of a trick. It cost thirteen fifty dollars uh, that oh. I couldn't afford, of course, because... You know, that was in the Top Hat Magic catalog of Evanston, Illinois, uh, or the Douglas Magic Land catalog. That was so out, that was an outrageous price for that. Yeah. Well, after I mean, that, that's, I mean, at, hey, at, at Cantor's, it was 15. I know, but for, for someone like, I not mean, for, I'm, me, for me, that was not possible. I'm, 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 I'm approximately your age, and I was spending $3 and spending, yeah. like, it was outrageous for me to spend all of my allowance on one magic trick. So was that like the Cadillac of magic tricks then? Not even the, well. Well, the crystal silk cylinder, it, it, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. If you're an amateur magician and you're 11 years old, it's yeah. a beautiful prop with a dragon on it, for God's sake. Maybe if a professional magician wouldn't use that at this point. Maybe if you just right. ask your parents to give you the, the snack cake money. <laughs> no, you gotta have Go without a couple ring dings. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta have the snack when you get home because it's Forgo, been like eight Forgo hours since snack cake. Right, the snack cake oh. money didn't come out of the same budget though. Yeah. That was that That's was true. the food budget, and uh, uh, you know, so uh, that would have been a real Sophie's choice for me whether I had a <laughs> crystal silk cylinder or uh, you know a couple of weeks of ring dings. God, you didn't live in the Poconos. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also just one trick. To spend thirteen dollars on one trick. I agree. At that age, absolutely. That's it's that's significant. Yeah. Uh, it's just if you bought it now, it would be about one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Wow, that's the inflation. Yeah. I, I would spend that money on Dragon's Lair just trying to get past the first level. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't get anywhere on Dragon's Lair. Oh. Yeah, I would just watch. I never played. I don't know what any of that means. Oh, yeah, you do. It's a fantastic video game. Well. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I watched this kid and, and uh, drooling at, uh, at what he's doing. Anyway, uh, um, my, uh, love, luck, and lollipops, and I forget about the kid. But, uh, uh, you know, a little bit later, maybe the next year or so, or a few months later, um, I get my dad to take me downtown and do the the row the, the the magic shop route, you know, uh, uh, and I went into Cantor's. Uh, and uh, uh, where was it located, Fred? Where was Cantor's? Thirteen Walnut Street. No, 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 no wrong. Two hundred South Thirteenth Street, which is Thirteenth okay. and Walnut. And okay. three You just had to walk right through the wall. Ta-da! Science Corner. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, so I went up to the counter, the guy had his suit on and, uh, uh, you know, I'm a little kid. I don't know. I don't know. Anything. What do you have anything in a color changing effect, which is a, uh, a genre of magic. If you change a red ball into a blue ball, you've done a color changing effect. Okay. 
And this kid overhears, kid I vaguely recognize overhears, and he, he goes into the corner and he starts messing around and he, he pulls, he rips these tiny little pieces of paper. How old is he? He's a little older than me. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he's a teenager. Like 13, oh, 14? Yeah, that's, that's I just, yeah, but, but I, I eventually, I later on did learn that, learn how old he, this is, you're, we're getting ahead of the story. No, no, you don't have to jump ahead. I just, at 13, 14 years old, a kid going in the corner doing something, I, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it. Stuff all yeah. stories that would not happen now. Okay. Uh, is it better if he was 19 and went in the corner? Uh, yeah, I'd pay for that. No. He went into the corner of the magic shop, a room with many people in it. Uh, and more sense. There, a little trick. Mm -hmm. he, was, he showed me. He was. He changed a little blue piece of paper uh, into a little red piece of paper. He did this with bad sleight of hand. Now oh, I was not right. impressed. Yeah. With his ideas, but I'm looking at him, and this is the guy from Sally Star with the crystal silk cylinder and yeah. morpho spots. And, and I asked him, "Are you the guy from Sally Star?" And he said, "Yeah." And and he's he becomes. My, my older friend, it's lovely to have an older friend. Uh, uh, it turned out that when I started eighth grade, I, I was at George Washington High School. George Washington High School started in eighth grade at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jay, this guy, is uh, a senior. He's becoming a senior when I'm going into eighth grade. So that's oh, wow. Cool. That's how old he is. Huge. But, but uh, uh, this didn't bother him and it didn't bother me because uh, magic was the thing that we cared about more than almost anything. Yeah. The common language. Yeah. Not cakes. Right? It's transcendent. And, uh, and magic I was very serious about it, and he was very serious about it. Yeah. And uh, we saw some of the same shows. We both saw the World Festival of Magic in a Cult, which was a magic show that traveled and came to Philadelphia and was really an opportunity to see one of the greatest magicians of the 20th century, a guy named Richie Ardy. And I'll t what I can tell you about him is that he, uh, he cut a woman in half with a buzz saw and no boxes with blood spewing out. Uh, uh, he essentially murdered a woman on stage. That is awesome. <laughs> not only, okay, not only is that awesome, not only he kills her, her blood is out you know, there's, he turned it, he, cha he changed into a white doctor's uniform. So there's a stripe of blood going up uh, and uh, there's blood coming out of the mid, guts coming out of this woman's body. And he invites the audience to come up on stage and walk right past it. Oh my God. Oh my God. The place smells like ether because he poured ether and knocked her out. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't really knock her out. Sure. It, it smelled... The smell was real. Uh, uh, so, uh, and that was what impressed me most in that show. But what impressed Jay most in that show was a, an Australian magician named Jeffrey Crozier, who, um, who did acid rock music. Uh, and uh, he burned a, a woman's head off uh, with uh, fire. And he, he was just psychedelic with all kinds of lights. And that was what Jay aspired to that, you know. Interesting so, that you have a lot of women who were sacrificing their lives for magic. They were. Uh, I the unsung heroes. My, yeah. first, my first paper in, at NYU in graduate school was all about that. I did a, an analysis of, of all of the stage illusions advertised in the Abbott's magic catalog uh, uh, at the time. Mutilation effects are ubiquitous, and uh, there, there are many 
many of them, and and uh, they're popular because they're relatively cheap. Yeah. Well, the you know the, the women or the effects. <laughs> the uh, it's easier to build a uh, a mutilation effect than it is to build something like a levitation. Fred, isn't the? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to reveal anything other than say, isn't the onus on the person? that the magic is being done to to do the work like that person is heavily heavily involved in making the magic happen it's funny the words magicians use for this right the magician is the performer right and the person who gets in the box the assistant or the woman the but but what i'm saying is like that is we're pointing this out because we know it's it's uh it's not so great uh, um, and it's it's certainly worthy of more discussion, and it's done better now than it used to be. Right. But in any event, uh, uh, the thing I wanted to take out of this is that Jay went nuts for the guy who was doing acid rock music, mm-hmm. and and I started accompanying Jay to some of his shows. I was his assistant, his ghoulish assistant. He was dressing in a devil's costume uh, uh, when he made his doves disappear in the breakaway dove chest, 2495, uh, instead of simply making the doves disappear, uh, he, would, he would mutilate them ritualistically with barbecue forks and uh, with, with bloody feathers going out all over. Because this was also Ricciardi. Uh, if you can kill a, a lady on stage, why not murder uh, some birds? What's, what's the diff? Uh, and by the way, in neither case, did uh, did the magician bring back the the bird or the woman? Richie already left the woman dead. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so. Uh, <laughs> Boy, this this podcast took a turn, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's important to to recognize that this uh, this wasn't seen as so strange. Right. Nope. But you substitute a kitten in for any one of those women things, and you would have people protesting outside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in any event, so I'm working with Jay on that, and uh, uh, we, we're pretty good friends. Uh, and there are certain advantages to having friends who are somewhat older than you. Uh, uh, he, uh, he drives. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, if, if, you, if you're a confused young man and you have questions about girls, uh, uh, Jay actually had girlfriends, so so he was able to answer. I mean, did, he was still a magician, though, Fred. So yeah, <laughs> still cutting their heads off and mutilating them. So. Yeah, did you, girlfriends. And yes, they came back for more. So <laughs> so uh, uh, and they weren't really dead. Right. Uh, uh, so so you know it was a, it was a good friendship. One day he calls and he says, "Look, uh, the the circus is at the Liberty Bell racetrack." which is not too far from where, where we live. It's not there anymore, mm. uh, but it was also on Street Road, uh, not too far from where Parks is now. Uh, and uh, uh, the guy in the sideshow there is gonna teach Jay how to eat fire. Oh, cool. So let's get in the car. We've gotta, we've gotta see this. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and we went to the sideshow, we, we paid to get in, which was 75 cents. You're still in the eighth grade, and you're being called by seniors to come join them on their excursions. Yeah, that's big, man. That's a big deal. Well, this is this is one of the things. I mean, I I said this to Gail earlier when I was talking about it. My my spouse, the wonderful Gail, and uh, and she said, "Wow, your parents let you do that?" Yeah, I know. There were all kinds of things our parents yeah. let us do 
that that uh, people's parents wouldn't let us do now. Well, play in D and D. Like, I have a I had a D and D and D group at school, and there were kids like they wanted to bring their their younger siblings up because the kids were into D and D. Yeah. But but for some reason, like they 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 just trust because it's a shared weirdness. Yeah. And the umbrella is magic. You know, yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, one of these shows, uh, I'm wearing a cowl that belonged to my mother in the 50s. You know, it was this black cowl. I, I you know. Was I, your mom Batman? Because that is awesome. Really but no, I would not reveal her secret. Nothing like this up here, but but you see glamour shots sometimes of women uh, wearing cowls and looking, uh, you know, enigmatic. Uh, uh, but but I, I wore it as my, uh, you know, my creepy assistant uh, costume. Did you have a name, the assistant? Actually, no, I wish no. I did. I, I, I should have, uh, but you know, my job was to bring on equipment and, and yeah. take it off. And when he did his uh, 20th century, uh, the 20th century flag trick, uh, uh, he would have, he had a little flag about this big, uh, who, and he said the flag was Nixon. This will give you an idea of when this was. Wow. How long that is. The flag is Nixon. And, uh, and he ties together two other handkerchiefs and he puts them aside. And if the flag is Nixon, he puts Nixon into a bag that he says is a garbage disposal. And Nixon disappears from the garbage disposal and he reappears tied in between the other two hankies, which is an object lesson in evil triumphing over good. <laughs> Political uh, anyway. and magical. Back to the sideshow. We're on the way to the sideshow. We, we buy our tickets and we walk, sit through two rotations. The guy who's in the sideshow is in his early 20s. This guy's name is Tom Ogden. You can find, in, you know, you can find him on the internet. He's a, uh, he's a comedy magician who uh, has a rather Borscht Belt sensibility. He did everything in the sideshow. You know, uh, it had five or six different acts and he did all of them. And he, when we went, we watched two rotations. And then, uh, the, then the circus started. So everybody who came went to the circus. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was time now for Tom Ogden to hold court with a group of young magicians. Uh, and he's doing card tricks for two hours. Uh, and uh, that, for us, that was Nirvana. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, I didn't know there were that many card tricks. And he, he was talking about sessioning with other magicians. Uh, he, I'll never forget that he sessions with a guy named Ed Smeal. Ed Smeal. What a name. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, and and uh, uh, eventually then it comes time to teach uh, uh, Jay how to eat fire. So I'll teach you. Uh, uh, so you're mine. Yes. Um, I don't recommend you try this. Oh, I'm and he's and he's he's just teaching Jay at this he's point. He's just teaching Jay, although I'm watching. So um, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I don't know how old I am, by the way. I'm 12. Maybe maybe I was a little old. Maybe I was 13 by then. Yeah. What is, what does Jesse need right now? Lighter fluid, lighter. Well, okay, here's the question. The, the truth is that when when Tom Ogden said what he was using in the act, he said uh, he's. Uh, uh, because for the environment, I'm using lead-free gasoline. Uh, and, and by the way, that was new then. Uh, uh, I don't think that was what he was You mean environmental jokes? <laughs> the environment was new. Yeah, yeah. Lead-free was new. Yeah. 
um, I think it's all lead free now. It's all yeah. lead. Yep. I don't know what. Well, he was probably using Coleman lantern fuel. Mm -hmm. If uh, if you were asking me what to use, I'd say Coleman lantern fuel because it has enough volatility, but uh, not quite as volatile as uh, gasoline. I'm out. I gotta go get some. So. Tough in a quarantine. It's tough. He had like a cut off barbecue fork at the end, but it's it had a handle and it was uh it had a piece of metal, and on the end he had strip of asbestos. Yeah, so well, that's the fire. Yeah, because that well, that made sense. That's what you did yeah. back then. You had a strip of asbestos and you you sewed it through many many times so it would stick on the end. Uh, uh so uh, you had your torch and you have your little. A container filled with volatile fuel, and you would dip the fuel. Step one, you dip, and then you shake. Because if you forget to shake and you light it, you might have burning gasoline dripping down your arm. So make sure you give it a shake, Jesse. Give it a good. Okay. Uh, then uh, you uh, light it up. Now he would use a lighter that didn't even have fuel in it; just the spark was enough mm -hmm. uh, uh, to get it to start. It's really the it's really the vapor from it that is lighting not the liquid uh, uh and, okay so you have your burning torch uh and uh by the way if you think there's something like fake fire or something you learn very quickly <laughs> that uh that that ain't fake fire that's right there you can feel it fred does he have any facial hair uh at that time no but he, yeah. he uh he, not anymore yeah did we, did we insert a quick disclaimer here Nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I say for who? Forty gold. Yeah. safety corner. <laughs> uh, so the next thing you have to do is you have to make sure you tilt your head back, because if you put it straight in like that, you'll burn your nose off. Okay, so tilt your head back. The step. Next step. Make sure uh, your mouth is not too dry. Uh, you know, get a little saliva going. You know, make sure it's. You know, Ian, Ian, don't drink booze. Don't, that's not, that's an accelerant. You're drinking an accelerant. Right, right. Uh, uh, then you stick your tongue out, and then you put your, 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 your uh, torch, the asbestos part, right on your tongue. <laughs> yeah. That's it? Okay. Then you close your mouth, but you don't completely close your mouth. Okay. Very important because you are more likely to get burned by the hot metal of the torch than you would by the very quickly extinguished flame. If your mouth is closed around it, there's no oxygen and it goes out. That's step, that's the first thing you have to learn for basic fire eating. Um, now he lit it up, he lit one up for Jay and handed it to him. And I'm thinking, wow, how, what a cool friend I have who's, who's uh, uh, learning to eat fire from a guy in a carnival. That you paid 75 cents to. 75 cents. <laughs> he gave us a free magic kit, though. They sell slum magic kits. Yeah. 25 cents each. And he gifted us each a slum magic kit. How many other people were there? Because you said there were other, was it just you and yeah. Jay at this point? Jay, me, my friend Joel, and maybe one other guy. Okay. I know it had to be a few of us because Ogden made a joke about us standing in V formation. They literally called it a slum magic kit? Yeah, that's, that's or, a funny term for uh, a crappy uh, merchandise. So, yeah.
You might you might know it as Pocono magic right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. An example is the uh, a diminishing card, a playing card that gets smaller. What it is, you have a four of spades, say. When you fold it in half, there's a little or fall of spades. I had one of those. Yeah. Again, there's a little or fall of spades. Uh, it's a piece of paper, you know, that they uh, manufacture many of for less than a penny. Yeah. And they stick it in your envelope. Uh, that, you know, if they can sell you the envelope for 25 cents, you know that there's not much yeah. uh, value uh, in that envelope. But in any event, so there he was. Jay is trying to do it. And Jay looks like he's bringing, am I on camera? It looks like yes, he's bringing this thing. It looks like he's going to stick it right in between his eyes. Ooh. You know, oh no, he's off. He's off. Jay, watch yeah. it. And Ogden said, Shema, quiet, quiet. Ogden apparently knew that people tend to figure out where their mouths are. Uh, and uh, after one try aborted attempt, he, he, he got a little freaked out. He put the thing on his tongue, closed his mouth around it, and there it was. Uh, he, had, he had eaten fire. Nice. Now, nobody offered to teach me how to eat fire. Oh, no. You're an eighth grader. Nobody offers to I do anything for you. Uh, 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 but, but you witnessed this, and you've got a tool shed at home. You watched it. You, are, yeah. you, you have anticipated it. You have anticipated it. You have strips of asbestos? I don't have no. strips of asbestos. Oily, oily rags. Hey, give them a minute. There's aluminum foil. Fred will figure it out. Hold on. There is uh, a, uh, a, a wire hanger that I can I have, and I have clippers that I can cut off the longest part of a wire hanger. Sure. And uh, there's some old sheets uh, 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 that are lying around that are ripped up. And I got a nice strip of it. And I, I made a little uh, <laughs> bend at the end of my wire hanger. And I, I wrapped it around. And I, I got the sewing kit, you know, and I went through uh, many, many times. This was not asbestos. I didn't realize at the time that that was actually better than asbestos because you, you're unlikely to get killed because of the asbestos. Yeah, you won't have uh, mesothelioma later in life. Yeah, that's uh, the word. I, I right did it in, uh, in uh, my, my father's Ronson lighter fluid. Yep. Used how, how is Jay's throat cancer, by the way? <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, I began doing my little experiments in the, uh, in the garage. I and love it, man. I you that... that uh, 12, 13, 14-year-old Fred uh, was uh, eating fire uh, nice. in his garage from time to time. And it worked? Of course. Uh, uh, now You cut off the oxygen. Yeah, I cut off the oxygen. Now, I never got fancy with the fire eater. Now, now, if you go to see a real fire eater, you'll see that they can collect some uh, fumes in their mouth and they can blow fire yeah. one place there. I could do a tongue transfer, which is different from that. A tongue transfer is that you could, if you had two torches. Yes, yeah. You could put the, a little fuel on it from one and then light, light the other. And then light the other. Oh. With a little flame uh, on your, on you your never did that. That I, did. Is what I didn't do was collect fumes in my mouth. And blow it. Called a spout. Yeah. And I certainly didn't do the thing, that, a blast, which is uh, uh, the thing that frat boys sometimes do and, and uh, start a fire. Yeah, because they do it in the curtains, and then the yeah, yeah. and the frat house goes up, and Charles Darwin somewhere goes. <laughs> yeah, told you. <ya>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So one day I'm doing this, and my neighbor Eddie Coleman, a uh, a, um, a cab driver in his sixties, sees me eating fire, and I explain to him what's going on, and miraculously, uh, he does not tell my parents. And he should have told my parents. Yeah, probably. Yes. yes. I both houses. I, I, and, I think uh, this cab driver in his 60s may have uh, had other designs. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was uh, looking for me to kill myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, I never got hurt doing the fire either. That's great. Fred, when's the last time you've done that? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't done it for years. I, You know, I do have a picture of... I was waiting for you to go, wait, I do have... I thought you were going to do it. I do have... That would be great. I wish we set off all the alarms. No. I do do have a quick question. How many fires did you have to put out with uh, snack cakes? (laughs) When when Jay finally graduates from, uh, from high school, Right. A little after that, he gives me a present. He gives me a copy of the Amateur Magician's Handbook by Henry Hay, which is a great book. But he says, uh, I'm no longer an amateur magician. I don't need this. But I want you to have it. He had stolen it from the school library. And uh, I still have it. And I've read it dozens of times, easily. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Fred Does a Trick. Uh, so uh, just look so for Fred Does a Trick. There's a little kid named Fred who does tricks, and I'm not him. And Fred from Scooby-Doo, I'm not him. But someone looks like me. I'll, I'll go to my YouTube channel. Fred, thank you so, so much for fun. being here, man. Ah, thank you for having me. And thank you for having me in your homes. Lollipops and lollipops. Should we all do it? Lollipops and lollipops. Love luck and lollipops. Do it again at the same time. Close. Real close.